0: For many months, I have been working through the letter of Paul's uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And today, we just so happen to be in Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. And you are getting the language. We're going to do the rest of the passage later on in the service today. But I want to let everybody know that I didn't make some grand plan to land on this chapter and this set of verses on this day. This just happens to be our theme for Vacation Bible School. Some were trying to uh, get it so I would be preaching in my costume for Vacation Bible School. That's my my decision. (laughs) Okay, so I am not in warrior uh, garment. You have to come back tonight and see that um, armor and all that kind of stuff. But uh, here's the other thing that's really cool is we originally had started with a different vacation Bible school theme than the armor of God. And due to circumstances, we had to change our theme, what, a couple of months ago or something like that. And so just a couple of months ago, we changed our theme Uh, all throughout these weeks and weeks. We've been kind of walking through the book of Ephesians, and the whole thing collides today. Now, here's something else that's really special. Friday night. At Project Shine, I mean, you're going to hear just a little bit more about Project Shine in a minute. Uh, we spent this past week going out and ministering to uh, homeowners right here in our in our community through uh, physical work and good deeds and and sharing the gospel uh, with a number of them on their on our work sites. But Friday night, as the teenagers were challenged in our closing worship, what passage does the speaker use to challenge our teenagers about? what happens when God wants to use them and there's a spiritual battle. He turns to Ephesians chapter 6. And I was like, this is crazy, crazy good God stuff. I love it when God does crazy good God stuff. And so our first part this morning, just the the words that are there, uh, our series Identity Surrender. We're going to hit on the identity part in the second half. But part one today, God wants us to be strong. Finally, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And what does that mean? That means that we will have trials. If the whole goal of the Christian faith is to live and walk forever on easy street, then this verse doesn't need to be in the Bible. Right? If the whole goal of becoming a follower of Jesus is that our lives are perfect and everything goes right all the time and and it's a complete cakewalk and we get everything we want, then we don't need to fight. We don't need to be strong. If you live a completely perfect Christian life where everything is given to you all the time and you are living on Easy Street, please come and tell me how you do that. Right? It doesn't happen. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And that means that we will have trials. We get this instruction to put on the armor of God that we would be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here's a verse that we looked at uh, in our Project Shine teaching this week. We looked at the call of moses and our theme was that god will use us and i don't i don't want you to uh, interpret these verses or this command to be strong in the lord this morning just through the lens of how can i do my thing this is us together this is us being together in a battle uh, that we are desiring to uh, go and to be strong for the lord and we're going to get to why that is But look here in Exodus 3. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. God knows the affliction. God knows the people at this point are enslaved. He knows the world system of the Egyptians. He knows their gods. He knows Pharaoh. He knows the way Pharaoh is worshipped. He knows all of that stuff. And still, the people of God are going through a trial. the the verse and the encouragement to be strong in the Lord, it means that we are going to have things that happen that challenge us. So if you desire and are committed and sold out to follow Jesus, it means that you will battle and that trial will come. We put on the armor of God, verse 11, that we would be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And so that also means that we have an enemy. Verse 12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. My goal in doing this is not to, to scare you. Paul is not trying to scare the, the people that were turning away from perhaps pagan worship or worshiping false gods and toward worshiping Jesus, he's not trying to scare them by a verse like verse 12. Uh, it sounds uh, like some sort of a science fiction kind of a, a novel where there's this realm. Well, there is. It's, it is an illustration. Like our physical world is under influence of evil in the heavenly realms. We have to know that as we try to walk as believers in Jesus Christ. We should expect again that our enemy will come against us and we would know that it is not ...a human fight. So it's not that we are against a a person... ...or against a country or a nation or an ideology. We don't fight in that sense against flesh and blood. Now there may be times when we need to stand up against flesh and blood... ...but ultimately we are fighting that spiritual battle. This is a strong message... ...to those that were coming out of false religion and turning to Jesus in false religion and in false gods, they would have had no hope of escaping this world of of evil and immorality. They would have felt stuck in it. And so for them to hear that there is hope of strength and victory is amazing. So we have to know our enemy. And I want to lay a little bit of a seed here while the children are still here. Our enemy is an enemy of ifs. The tempter came to Jesus. Here's uh, Matthew 4, if you want to really dig in to how Satan works, Matthew 4 is a great place to look. It's Jesus' encounter with Satan where Satan tempts Jesus. And look at what he says. He comes to Jesus and he says, If you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, do this. Verse 6, if you're the Son of God, well, throw yourself down. For it is written, right? And the first time, hey, command the stones to become bread. Here, throw yourself off this high point. And, and do this, if you're the son of God. And verse 9, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. You can have all the earth's kingdoms and authority and power. Jesus could have had it all. Satan was offering him that. He said, if you bow down and worship me. Our, our enemy, our tempter, Satan, is an enemy of ifs. If you were a Christian, this wouldn't happen to you. If you were a better Christian, you would be happier. If you were like them, you'd be happier. All of it lies he's a he's an enemy of ifs and we want to know how we can be strong against an enemy who does have power in the spiritual realm over our lives praise god we have victory in jesus we're going to continue to see that theme and hear about it even throughout this week uh, in vbs so what does this mean does god leave us empty-handed against an enemy who is a liar father of lies, Jesus calls him. No, God doesn't leave us empty-handed. I'm excited to see how this is going to work. Joanne's going to come. Kids, come on up front. You get the front row seat here to see some creativity. Yeah, you want some help? You don't want to carry that by yourself? Oh, come on. Like a risk. I sit down. And don't get run over by the
1: table. All right, he said. I'm excited to see how this works. I'm. Everybody, pray this does work. That's that's the prayer here. All right, Mr. Andy's moving my Bible. We got to start with the Word of God. All right, so Pastor Kevin read the first part of Ephesians 6, and I'm going to take, take up where he left off. It says, starting in verse 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, I have a couple little friends with me today, which happen to be oranges, okay? Do you guys like oranges? All right, cool. So, did you know that if you put an orange... In water, do you think they'll float or do you think they'll sink? How many think they'll float? How many think they'll sink? Adults, float or sink? Oh, they're <laughs> torn too. All right. So, what is the outside of the orange called? The peel, right? It's kind of like the orange's armor. So, if we put the orange in the water, they float. So, if you said float, good job. Okay, They float, and they have their armor on, and they're able to withstand the things around them, the water in this case, okay? But let's take this orange here. Let's see if I can do this with just my hand. And this orange today, he forgot to put on his belt of truth. And so when he goes to school and somebody says something not nice about him, he might forget that God created him exactly how he's supposed to be. Wonderfully made is what the Bible says in God's image. And if he's not wearing that belt of truth, he might not remember God's word, and he might not remember that, right? So he took off his belt. Let's see if he still flips. Mm, kind of, but he's a little topsy-turvy, isn't he? All right. Then, maybe, he forgot to take up the shield of faith. What does faith mean? Who knows what faith means? Jossie, what's faith? Is it trusting in God? Yeah. So he took, forgot to take up the shield of faith. So when he comes against those trials that Pastor Kevin just said were for sure going to come up against, he might not have that remembrance that God is with him, right? Does he look a little unprotected? Yeah. It's just juice. It's just water and juice. All right. Well, then our orange, he also has been really busy in his life, and he hasn't been getting into the Word of God. He hasn't been using his sword of the Spirit. So when you don't use a sword, it gets dull, and it's not as sharp and ready for battle. So he hasn't been in his word, and so he's been a little lacking in his private time with God. And now his sword is dull. So he's forgotten to take up his armor. And when he goes back into the world and into those things, uh oh, look what happened to him. What happened? He sunk. He is no longer able to stand firm against the things that are around him. In this case, it's the water. When we don't put on our belt of truth, when we don't take on all of those different things as part of the armor of God, we can't stand firm in the things that happen in the world that come up against us. When we have our armor on, we can stand against it. The water doesn't phase that guy at all. He's just floating along happy, right? But when we don't take off, when we don't put on that armor and we leave it off to the side, we are open to the devil's schemes. We are open to those flaming darts. So we have to put on the armor of God. And when you guys come to VBS this week, we're going to learn what each and every one of those pieces of armor means and how God equips us for the battle. He gives us everything that we need. Does that sound exciting? You guys all going to come back? All right, parents, you guys all want to come to VBS now, don't you?
0: A great reminder uh, here at the very end of this that Paul is writing from prison. He is in the spiritual battle. God did not stop that from happening in his life. And so he writes uh, from a place of trial and perhaps discouragement to encourage the believers in the Ephesian churches all right, part two for the morning. God gives battle weapons. I'm not going to make you write each one of these in. We've talked about them a couple times. I just read about them, so so there they are. My goal is to uh, walk through this this morning, and to uh, this is what we might call a survey of this text. Could probably slow down and do these different weapons over about a month. Honestly, we could. Uh, My goal today is to do a survey that will get us excited about the concept of walking in the Lord's strength in our lives as we walk in faith. All right, so those are the weapons. I'm going to uh, give comment on them. One by one, the first one that we encounter is the belt of truth. Stand therefore, verse 14, having fastened on the belt of truth. We are saved by truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. Following Jesus is not one option among many gods or many many faiths or religions. We are saved by truth. The only way, to know that we have a relationship with God in this life, the only way to know we will have eternity in heaven is through Jesus Christ. It's truth. Evaluate that. If you're having questions about Christianity, evaluate that statement that Jesus made. No man comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father. Evaluate that. Jesus claims it to be true. If you're questioning, if you're not sure about Christianity, if you're looking into it, Jesus makes an explicit truth claim that he is the only way to have a relationship with God, the only way to be with God forever. Over and over, Jesus makes these claims. This is one example. So if we are brought into relationship with God, if our sins are covered by God through truth, then we grow. In truth, Jesus' prayer in John 17, 17 is that we would be sanctified by the truth. And that means that we're made like God, that we're going to grow in our faith. We don't get saved in truth and then just do whatever we want or whatever everybody else says. No, we figure out what's true and how to follow it. And we're, we're made more like God that way. We have this running joke uh, in our family. Have you ever had a, an outing ruined by weather? Right? number Some of you, anybody? Awake? Okay, yeah, a few hands going up there. Had an outing ruined by weather. We had an outing ruined by weather a long time ago. And the forecast was supposed to be good for that day. And we went out and it wasn't any good. And like, I don't like the weather person. She tells lies. Right? We were a little frustrated with the with the weather personnel. And so uh, we're going to get into truth and lies. I mentioned earlier that uh, Jesus calls Satan our enemy, the Father of lies. And so, one way to stand strong, one weapon that God gives us is a belt of truth. We're going to say a lot more about God's word in a minute. That's where we find the truth. All right, breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is, is a word that often is used to illustrate our relationship with God. How is it that we are made righteous? Paul earlier in this letter to the Ephesians goes out of his way in verses 8 and 9 to show us that it is not by works that we are saved, but it is by faith. So that breastplate of righteousness is that we are protected because we're not relying upon ourselves for our relationship with God. We're relying on God. And what Jesus did for us. So that's the breastplate that we put on is our relationship with God and the truth that Jesus died in our place. We can't be our own defense against our sin. We trust Jesus to be our defense and that's the breastplate of righteousness that goes on over us. That covers our heart. That covers our internal organs. That's what the the guy on the battlefield would have is this this breastplate on. That's what it's designed to protect. And, and boy, uh, we're not trying to get our own help. We're not trying to walk in our own strength. We're not saved in our own power. We're saved through Jesus. And we have that righteousness because of what Jesus has done for us. And that's our breastplate. That's what protects us. Shoes. I'm not one of these people, but there are people in our world who spend a lot of money on shoes. Now, immediately what comes to mind is uh, like people like women who have to build a bigger closet for their shoes, but men are not off the hook on this. There are men who collect shoes. And I'm not dissing anybody who likes shoes or collects shoes. I'm not doing that today, but there are people who will spend a good amount of money on shoes just because it's a collector's item or it's something that takes them back to their childhood or into fashion or whatever it happens to be. Well, those shoes, ultimately, if you wear them, what are they going to do? They're going to wear out. We want our feet to be protected. And how, in these verses, are we told for our feet as we walk in the Christian life, how are our feet protected? We put on the readiness given by what? The gospel of peace. Do you ever want peace in your life? I do. Well, I thought, Pastor, you said that Trials are going to come, right? You ever want peace in the middle of a trial? I do. How do you get peace in the middle of a trial? By being reminded that we can't trust in ourselves; that Jesus died, and it's good news. It's a gospel of peace. That in the middle of trial, in the middle of battle, we can serve the Lord. That he will strengthen us. And so the good news of Jesus is that we don't have to look at our feet as places for fashion Or collector's items, we look at our feet as being protected and peaceful because of the gospel. Okay, let's look next at the shield. Verse 16, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith. 1 John 5.4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Ask yourself, is it more than a tune that you hum in your head? Faith is the victory. What is going to happen if you are a believer is you're going to be putting on this armor and Satan is going to come at you. He is going to fire darts at you. Take up the shield with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. This is a challenge to us. Is serving Jesus through our faith, a shield of faith, is it enough when the phone rings and it tells us that a loved one is gone? Is it enough when we get a letter in the mail and it says the marriage is over? Is it enough when we bomb the test, is it enough? Is our faith enough when the darts are being hurled, when we're tempted to sin repeatedly over and over and over and we feel just like giving in because we don't want to fight anymore? Is faith enough? Literally, what you will tell the devil is enough. I know you're a liar. I have my belt of truth and I have my shield of faith and it's enough For victory. That's exactly what this says. Is it enough? We are taught directly from Paul's hand by the power of the Holy Spirit that faith is enough. Hey, you don't know what's going to happen now, do you? You might have to go provide for yourself. No, I have faith that God will work this out. You can never forgive yourself for that past sin. You're a dirty, sleazy, blah, 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 lies, lies, lies. I have faith that Jesus has forgiven me. And yes, I admit that I've done that, and that's true, but you don't have any power over me anymore because I have faith that that sin has been forgiven. The shield of faith is where we live when the real fiery darts want to come and harm us. next the helmet the helmet of salvation take the helmet of salvation and this is linked together with the sword of the spirit which is the word of God we see at the beginning of 18 praying at all times the helmet covers our head (laughs) duh (laughs) right helmet covers our head. What is that symbolic of? We need to be reminded how to think sometimes, don't we? I'm not saved so I can think about whatever I want to think about. I'm saved so I can think God's way. I want salvation to cover my dumb thinking. I want truth. I don't want to believe the lies. I want, I want God's covering over the way I think in my mind. So the helmet of salvation now, you've noticed so far we have a belt, a breastplate, we have shoes, a shield, and a helmet. Those are all defensive weapons. All things that you put on to protect yourself if somebody is coming at you. By the way, the guy leading the kids in the song, he is strong. you got to get the dude leading the motions that has biceps as big as that guy's But Did you notice that? I was like, they cast that guy exactly right. He is strong in the Lord. Like, I gotta start pumping some iron or something. That's what you do, though, if you're thinking about defending yourself, is you you bulk up, you want to be strong, but sometimes we go on the offensive. And so God gives us an offensive weapon, and that is the word of God. It's a sword. It's the sword of the spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit can fill us and work in us, and it's the word of God. There is no better way to fight the attack than to know the word of God. Over and over, it reminds us that faith is the victory. We get truth from the word of God. All of these weapons come from the word of God. I cannot encourage you enough. If you've been struggling in time in the word of God Make a fresh commitment today. Make a baby step. Make something you can build momentum on. Don't tell me that you're going to read the entire New Testament by next Sunday. It's probably not going to happen. It might, but, but build the word of God into your life so that when the temptations come, when the trials come, when the enemy comes, you've got an offensive weapon that you can come back and you can say, enough, I'm cutting that down. I know what the Word of God says. You can turn there and you can meditate there. Psalm 119 says the Word of God always before me. This this is battle training. This doesn't just happen. I want to encourage you today to make decisions in your day-to-day lives to get into the Word of God. This means shutting off entertainment. This means maybe not going and doing something. This means maybe getting up 30 minutes earlier uh, before everybody else in your house is is up. That's what it means. It's going to mean sacrifice. No soldier is trained and ready to go into battle because they're wimpy, wimpy, wimpy and out of shape. No, you're strong, and it's hard work. To be a believer who wants to follow Jesus. God gives the weapons. Praying, verse 18, at all times, in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. When we know the word of God, we persist in prayer. It becomes more and more a part of our lives. Because why? Because we see people in here praying. We're encouraged to pray. We're encouraged to communicate with God and to find our strength not in ourselves. So lastly today, what is the goal of all of this? Verse 19, also for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So the prayer is for perseverance. Verse 18, for prayer and encouragement and gospel sharing. It is right now totally rational question for you to ask yourself what you're fighting for. Are we fighting because we have an enemy? Are we fighting at all? Have we been lulled to sleep seeking comfort as believers in Jesus? No, we fight because we have an enemy. We fight for truth. We want to persevere. We want to pray. We want to be an encouragement, not just in our own lives, but to our families, to other believers uh, in in our church and the greater Christian community. And we fight because if we don't fight, we believe the lies about the gospel will win in people's lives. And we want to see people say, this is Paul ultimately praying at the end of this, I want to proclaim the gospel. I want to pray and proclaim the good news of who Jesus is. It's why he's in chains in the first place. I've talked a lot in the past year about sharing the gospel. And we have found out that about 90% of Christians just don't do it. I hope that number is getting lower in our church, and I hope that it will continue to get lower, that we won't look around and wait for somebody else to share the gospel, but we'll, we'll continue to take opportunity for getting trained, and we'll take the tools that we know, and we're learning, and we'll put them into practice and share the gospel. Just like Paul, please, for that prayer from the Ephesians, pray for me that I would declare it boldly. And why is that? Because God loves us. I'm going to take you back to where we started, at the beginning of our time today, is the love of God. He loves us he loves people he wants them to be in relationship with him and he loved us enough to send his son Jesus there is nothing that will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord powers is on that list angels nor rulers nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God let's take that Wonderful truth, and let's match it with the effort that Paul encourages Christians to put in to the fight. I hope you're not overwhelmed today. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're going to go home and look at your spiritual wardrobe and say, how am I doing this? Is the armor of God just a, a cute costume for VBS, or is it something real for when the wheels feel like they're coming off and I need to defend myself as I walk? For Jesus.